Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon. We are sponsored by Wrangler Long Live Cowboys, by the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879, by Resist All, we wear it every day, and by Prefer, number one in ranch and rodeo. Got a fun show coming up for you. Our featured interview in a few minutes from now is with Sean Gleason, the CEO and commissioner of the professional bull riders. We'll talk about Some big news the PBR has made this week about their plans for the Professional Bull Riders World Finals, which will be at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and at Cowtown Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas. The fun will start at Cowtown on May the 9th and wrap up at AT AT&T on May the 18th. Sean will tell you all about their World Finals this year and the PBR encompassing one of the largest sports venues in the world and one of the smallest and most intimate. And we'll get all the details on that coming up. We'll hear from Shane Hanchy. He has qualified for another opportunity to win the American, this time maybe the million-dollar variety of check. And we'll kick things off in just a couple of minutes with the, the lady who has done really well at the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo so far in the barrel racing event. You will hear from barrel racer Shelly Morgan coming up in just a couple of minutes here on uh, the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I want to say thank you to Unbeatable Feeds. The Unbeatable Forage-only feeds are really kind of sweeping the country to be honest we feed it to our horses they love it uh you talk to people like calgary smith the canadian champion team roper just did real well in san antonio uh you talk to haven medjit and shelby bojali you talk to uh, a whole slew of endorsees caleb driggers a world champion team roper they'll tell you but more important than the folks who endorse the product are the folks who just use the product and unbeatable is across the country you can find it at tractor supply stores and multiple other locations if you're looking for a dealer near you just click on the dealer tab at unbeatablefeeds.com and a big thank you as well to m2 ranch jerky so i want to tell you a story the folks at m2 ranch jerky sent a big box of jerky to me the other day four different species venison elk buffalo and beef six different seasonings my favorite i think is the teriyaki uh it is really really good um m2 ranch jerky is coming to a location somewhere in your neighborhood soon uh they're working out the final finishing touches on all of the variety and all of the seasonings it is just going to I think be something you're really going to enjoy if you like uh, jerky. This is true traditional cowboy jerky from M2 Ranch Jerky. And a big thank you to Classic Equine and Classic Ropes, our sponsors and partners on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Shelly Morgan is an average winner at the National Finals Rodeo. 2022, she won the average over 10 rounds and looked like she was maybe going back to the NFR in 2023. And then she had some health issues with her horse, a horse that she calls kiss this mayor has done a lot for shelly morgan in her career including carrying her to the nfr four times well she just got kiss back literally just got her back made one run in fort worth and started off san antonio with her second run since all that time off winning the first go round of the first bracket in san antonio i had a chance to catch up with shelly morgan to talk about the performance of her great horse kiss in san antonio texas just let's kind of go through the chronology a little bit. Remind me what happened to Kiss and how long she was out. Well, so um, apparently she had more, a few bleeding problems last summer, maybe a little bit more than what we realized. And um, 
we ended up bringing her home because obviously I don't want anything lung wise to happen to her. So as soon as we knew it, we brought her home. Um, that was the last weekend in August. We actually drove her straight home from Washington and she has literally been off completely off um, until November. I started walking her December. I started trotting her and then January we started loping and, and then I let her make one run at, at Fort Worth. And then San Antonio was actually her second, third, and fourth run. Wow. So her <laughs> second run back was in the first round of your bracket in San Antonio. You were 1382 and won the round. Came back in the third round in your bracket. You were 1388. You were 1403 um, in the middle and finished second behind Donna Kay. Did you have any idea your horse was going to fire like that? I really honestly didn't. You know, a lot of times it takes them a couple of runs to come back. Um, so the run she made at Fort Worth, obviously it wasn't good enough to come back, but actually she clocked better than we thought because that was her very first run in like, you know, almost six months, five months for sure. And, uh, so no, we really had no idea how, what, uh, we actually had tossed it back and forth, whether I was going to run the other horse that, uh, Buckskin V, hmm. um, but Kiss is just, you know, rock solid Kiss. So we went with her and actually, no, she really surprised us, really surprised us. Yeah. Um, Kiss, Kiss's registered name is H.R. Fames Kiss and Tell. Uh, she's a 10-year-old mare. Tell me about her bloodlines and, and kind of give me a little background and history on her. Who started her and, and uh, did, did you raise her, buy her? Where'd she come from? Um, actually, she belonged to Mike and Lucy's from Louisiana. And my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, introduced me to them and as a three-year-old i was able to ride her for them um so a guy named um oh my goodness uh, i'm trying to remember his name marco i, I think that. is his name toledo i'm not really sure how to say his last yeah. name um anyway he actually started her and got her going really good and then i got her as a three-year-old um and just kind of rode her for the haze and then um, the December of her three-year-old year, we actually bought her, and I finished her out and seasoned her. Um, she's by CEO, which obviously is a racehorse, mm -hmm. and um, her mom is a Firewater Fleet Dash to Fame mare. Wow. Um, you sent me a note this morning about um, how nice it is to know that everything's healed up on your horse. Whatever little ouches, bumps, bangs, um, you, she had a chance to heal everything up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she didn't have anything wrong with her, like nothing like, you know, life-threatening or anything. But, I mean, obviously, Kiss doesn't owe me anything. She's done more than Rex and I could have ever dreamed of. She's opened so many doors, created so many opportunities, done so much. I mean, obviously, I want to keep running her because she's amazing and I love her and it's fun. But, but if she never made another run, I mean, I would be sad because I love it. But it would be okay, too, because she's done plenty. So it wasn't anything, like, detrimental, but it was enough to make us stop and let her heal. And, and yes, I feel like she didn't have any injuries. She just had, like, some lung problems. But, yeah, everything is completely healed. Tell me about running in San Antonio. That's a small arena. Is it comparable? Because it's a basketball court, I guess I feel like I, I always wonder if it's comparable to the Thomas and Mack. Is it? What, what's San Antonio like to barrel race in? You know, I really feel like, um, it's a lot like Thomas and Mac. Obviously, the size of it is a lot like it. Um, 
the setup is a whole lot like, but for some reason, I feel like it's a little more um, suffocating in San Antonio, meaning like, not not in a bad way, but like the people seem like when you're going to the barrels, like they're right there in front of the barrels. Yeah. Whereas I know they are at Vegas too, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong, but it seems like maybe the wall goes up a little higher at Vegas and they're setting up a little higher. Whereas in San Antonio, they're like literally right there in front of you. But I mean, it doesn't seem to bother her. That's why somebody's like, oh my gosh, you came around the corner and sent her. Well, she's so big that if I don't get her going, um, she never gets going like a parent, like a, especially, sorry, especially in a small arena like that. Yeah. So my goal, like at San Antonio is to like send her, just send her, let her get going from the beginning. That way she won't ever slow down because everybody knows she's going to find that first barrel. Yeah. You know, you're going back to San Antonio for the semifinals. You're doing anything with her in between now and then? Um, yeah, we took her to just to get another little treatment on her lungs just to make sure they're healing good and everything's still good and she'll get a few days off and then starting the end of the week I'll go back to ex exercising her and then early part of next week we'll just do some walking and then we'll head back. I don't hardly ever do any pattern work on her. Yeah. I just keep her happy and keep her mind good in the pasture. The, the, the under told but I think really good story coming out of San Antonio and the barrel race in that first bracket was you win the bracket, $7,000. You win two out of three performances. The performance you didn't win, Donna K. Rule on High Valor, former horse of the year, was the winner there, and you were second. Both of you placed all three rounds, and both of you were riding horses that are recognized as among the best in the WPRA that had had some time off because of injuries. I just think that's a, that's a real testament to you and to Donna K. and to your veterinary care, and obviously to those two great horses. I agree. I agree. It's just like, you know, it shows what time off sometimes they'll do for them. I mean, it just makes them better. Sometimes they just need it, you know, and we as women, when they need it, need to give it to them. I mean, because look what they do for us when they're, you know, feeling good. And I totally agree. In fact, I had asked Donna, um, we were talking, she's like, yep, you know, bringing Valor back at San Antonio too. So, yes, I agree. It's pretty cool that both the horses that kind of took a break at the exact same time did really good in our bracket. Barrel racer Shelly Morgan, $7,000 in bracket number one at the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. Five three performance brackets in San Antonio. They'll crown champions on Saturday night, the 24th of February. Uh, let's talk about the American for a minute. The American Contender Tournament Finals held in Abilene, Texas on uh, Saturday night, February the 10th. The top five in each discipline advance on to compete at the American Rodeo, which will be March the 9th, the American Western Weekend, including a big performance horse show, March the 8th. That's all at Globe Life field in Arlington, Texas. Among the top performers, tie-down roper Shane Hanchi had paid $15,000 to win the night. You ran one calf, rode one bull, got on one bucking horse, uh, top five advance, and the fast time, the high score got 15000 Shane Hanchi was that guy in the tie-down roping. Might remember he's a former champion at the American. I asked him to tell us about it. Um, it was a good night. Uh, anytime you can win 15000 in seven seconds is pretty cool, but uh, I guess I guess the next step of this process will be pretty cool as well. Yeah, um, you've won the American one time. Was it 2020, the COVID year that you won the American? Uh, 2021. 2021, the year after uh, when we were all coming back from the COVID thing. Uh, you've won the hundred thousand dollars once. 
now you got a chance at something a little bigger? Yeah. I, you know, there's so many, you know, obstacles to climb to get to that point, you know, um, when you're a contender or a qualifier, as they used to say. I, I never really thought about it, you know, as hard as it is to get to the actual American. Now we've got a lot of them hurdles uh, leaped and, um, you know, two calves for a million dollars. Pretty cool. Yeah. You've already roped two calves for 25000 first at the regional that you went to and then in Abilene over the weekend. Um, tell me about Abilene. Tell me about the setup. Tell me about the cattle. Tell me about the run. Yeah. Uh, the calves were phenomenal. Uh, Shad Mayfield had the calves. Um, first rodeo for them calves. He broke them in at home. And I was fourth roper out of 15. I initially didn't really love my position uh, when they emailed us the, the working order. But um First three guys broke the barrier. Calves weren't leaving very good, and um, that big arena in Abilene. So I knew I needed to stay behind the barrier. If I could make a good run, I could put some pressure on them. And missed the barrier a little bit, but really made a good run down the arena. Probably one of the best runs I've made on the ground in probably in a year or two um, as far as start to finish. Um, it felt really good, and that little horse sure made it happen. And I was really excited that he took it well. And um, yeah, it's been it's been really good on him this winter. You rode a young horse. One thing about I, getting to know you, Shane, as I have through the years, you've always, it seems like, got a horse or two in the works. But you rode a young five-year-old. Yeah, you know, Steve um, Bugsy getting crippled at the national finals kind of uh, made this horse kind of have to step up. And he really has done that, you know, between the contender finals at Oklahoma City for the regional and then the finals in Abilene just right there along. We won 20. I've won 25000 on him, and then I rode him at Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, advanced out of my bracket uh, on him, and then, yeah, I, you know, he sure cer certainly don't act like he's five years old when I'm back in there, but, uh, yeah, he's a 2019 model, and, you know, he's been really special for us. We've won uh, over 115000 on him his four-year-old year at the fraternities between me and Bo Peterson, and, um we just left this fraternity and won another 15,000 on him. He's just a special horse. Wow. Um, you know, I always figure it's, you know, they, they have to be about six or seven before they really start to grow up. And I'm, I might be way wrong in saying that, Shane, but um, for a five-year-old to do everything you just talked about, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, it really is, Steve. And you're right. I mean, normally, you know, six, seven, and eight are still pretty green. Um, but, man, he – he takes everything so good and nothing seemed to bother him knock on wood and yeah we're gonna try him out at globe life for a million dollars that's for sure yeah you're gonna ride him in san antonio too you're in san antonio this weekend yeah i uh I, that's what i'm planning on it i'm gonna i'm gonna know a lot more come come the rest of the week i you know one thing that i've tried to keep telling myself steve is that i don't want to overdo it on him he still is only five i want to make sure and we have something here in a couple of years that we can really rodeo and, and ride him at, at the big places on. So I'm, I'm trying to be patient, man. He's sure making it, making it hard on me not to ride him because every time I get on him, I, I seem to win. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like looking at Patrick Mahomes when he was a rookie and said, you're a rookie. I don't want to start you, but I really do. Um, yeah. Look how he turned out. I, that's me trying to work in a football comparison. Tell me about these security, Shane. You have got you told me you won 150000 on this horse at the maturities last year. You, you are leaving one headed back to Texas to get ready to San Antonio. 
Talk to me about the growth of futurities for tie down and breakaway races. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows how big the team roping fraternities have been over the over the last several years. And and one thing that's that's really um, done done helped it a lot is these rural crowns that that started having breakaway and tie down. And, and you know, that's mainly where River has won most of his money at. Um, was the was the two Royal Crown events last year, and then and then our event in Belton, um, the Gold Buckle Fraternities that me, Haven, Caleb Driggers, and Jeremy Barwick on and started. So um, there's so much growth in the rope and ho- rope horse industry right now with the with the performance horses, you know, with these stallion incentives and these great bred horses, you know, that non that don't necessarily um, find their place in the cutting or the cow horse world, but transition over to the roping so easy and um i mean honestly that's the only reason that i've been able to ride river at these big um high pressure situations is because of the fraternities i was able i was able to bring him to last year and expose him because you know any other way before these fraternities started you had to go to the amateur rodeos or the pro rodeos and you had to rope against guys riding their good horses um and try to win and it just it wasn't a it was a good recipe uh, for me, and so now with these aged event classes, you can expose these horses and they can still win and keep their confidence. It's it's been a great deal. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like a painfully obvious thing to say, but you've got a, a better, more solid horse sooner as a result, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I've I've said it multiple times. I mean, if it wasn't for these fraternities last year these Royal Crown fraternities and, and the other ones that River wouldn't be the horse he was now. And he has a lot of confidence from being able to go there and win and, and us, you know, in turn, you know, petting on him and saying how good he was. So, I mean, and that's, that's good money. I mean, 115,000 on a four-year-old, that's a lot of money. And I couldn't have done that riding him at the amateur rodeos and the pro rodeos that I didn't want to take my good horse to, you know? What, what's it? I, I told you when we started this, we need to do a whole show just about these futurities. And I promise I'm not going to do a whole show with you right now. But I do want to ask you one more question about it, which is, the, tell me if everything I'm about to say is correct, Shane. The tie-down roping horse market and the breakaway roping horse market have both changed a lot in the last three or four years because of the growth of breakaway roping. Your tie-down roping horses now are costing more and are selling for more than maybe they used to be. Is this another step in adding even more value to those horses if you decide to either buy one or sell one? Oh, definitely. I mean, this is a it is it's perfect for the it's perfect for the seller. I, I, and you know, if if a guy wants a great horse, it's good for the buyer too. You're just gonna have to spend some money, but they're proven. And I think that's what's important about these fraternities is the proofs in the pudding. You get to track the LTE. You get to track you know their lifetime earnings. You get to track how much they've won in the breakaway and the tie down and see that the proof's in the pudding. I mean, the horses is on track to win a lot at the fraternities and then that transitions to the rodeo world. And then the NFR, I mean, perfect example, Haven, Haven and little punch. He, he rode that horse at the fraternities last year, got some confidence, decided to ride him a few times in the fall and the summer. And what does he do? He blows two arena records out of the water in December and, and ropes better than anybody's ever roped in that building, you know, with a, uh, a marine record of 6-4, and then, and then the average record, he beat me handily. And and that, I, I think, I'm not putting words in Haven's mouth, but I think he would say the same thing. And if it wasn't for these fraternities, 
Little Bunch wouldn't be the horse he is right now. Shane Hanchi, the 2013 PRCA World Champion, tie-down roper, former champion at the American, done real well at the uh, rodeo at the Canadian Finals through the years, and uh, now $15,000 richer after his solid performance in uh, Abilene, Texas, over the weekend. Uh, we're going to take a timeout, come back with our featured interview this week. Sean Gleason of the PBR talks about big plans and new things that they're going to do with the PBR World Finals that start May the 9th. That announcement made this week. There's another big announcement coming up next week from the PBR. Thanks for joining us. This is the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Hey, y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And if I'm going to enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live. New styles join our time-tested Justin Bent Rail collection. Like the rugged men and women who wear them, these boots stand for quality, integrity, tradition, and hard work. Straight from our legendary El Paso factory, our expert bootmakers build these boots with features that would make even the earliest cowboys proud. Outfit yourself today with a Bent Rail collection by Justin. Cowboys. Unbeatable Feeds New Forage Only feeds are sweeping the country. Unbeatable Feeds New Forage Only blend features three simple ingredients, alfalfa, beet pulp, and flaxseed oil. Unbeatable Feeds Forage Only feed is clean and natural, high energy, low sugar, and easily digestible. Where can you find Unbeatable Feeds? Tractor Supply Company all over the country. Bomb guards, runnings, you can find a dealer near you on the store locator tab at unbeatablefeeds.com. Thanks for joining us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon. Our featured interview this week presented by Classic Equine and Classic Ropes. The Professional Bull Riders World Finals will begin this year on May the 9th at Cowtown Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas. The very first PBR was held in 1993 at the Cowtown Coliseum with something called an elimination round. To kick off the PBR Finals, the PBR World Finals will then end on May the 19th at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. There's an elimination round, a redemption round, Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo, and then the PBR Finals all melded into that 10-day time period. We talked to Sean Gleason, the CEO of the PBR. Yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure to be on with you, Steve. So happy to do it. So let's talk a little bit about a, a big announcement that caught my eye. I guess because I love the Fort Worth Stockyards and I'm, I'm a big fan of everything that happens in that historical building, Cowtown Coliseum. The PBR World Finals are going to have a format this year that it has never, the, the World Finals have never had before, I think. Is that a correct way of putting it? Involving both AT&T Stadium, which seats 80,000 people when there's a football game there, and Cowtown Coliseum, which is the most entering, intimate setting in all of Western sports. Yeah, I think we're probably in one of the biggest venues in the world and one of the smallest, so uh, why not? <laughs> and, and going back, because the very first PBR in 1993 was in Cowtown Coliseum. Tell me about the, the, the phased stage. I'm not sure exactly how you guys are referring to it. Tell me about the way the World Finals are going to work this year. Yeah, well, you know, we, we talked about it prior to moving the World Finals to Texas, um, opted to not jump onto this format, and 
Um, and ultimately, after a couple of years at, at Dickey's Arena and our involvement with Cowtown, we just decided that, that this is the right format for the World Finals. So we'll celebrate our champion in four grueling rounds at uh, AT&T Stadium. And the fans that are there are going to see the best 20 bull riders in the world battle it out to win that one coveted spot as a PBR world champion. And if you look back at the history of our sport, um, the world finals is usually a 20 or fewer man race. And there's a lot of guys that just, uh, they're there, they get on some bowls that night. And, uh, but generally it doesn't change the outcome of the world. It does. It certainly doesn't change the outcome of the world standings and it doesn't generally change the outcome of the event. So why not put the best 20 guys in the world out twice a day? And that's what we're going to do Saturday and Sunday. The world finals will be May 18th and 19th, May 9th through the 12th at Cowtown Coliseum. Um, a field of 45 bull riders, 40 from the Unleash the Beast Tour, five from the Velocity Tour finals that will have come to an end just prior to that in Corpus Christi, will be competing in an elimination round. How's that going to work? Well, yeah, coming out of those four performances that are going to be in Cowtown, it'll narrow the field down to the top 20 bull riders in the world. Well, 15 from the world standings and five from the event standings. So anybody can get back into AT&T stadium if they're having a, a good run at Cowtown Coliseum, but, but you'll see the top 15 in the world for sure. Uh, based on the standings coming out of those four elimination rounds. So guys can move, move up and down in the world standings and get, and punch your ticket to AT&T, or they can do well at that event and punch your ticket. And then May 15th and 16th, something you're calling the Ride for Redemption, which is going to bring 20, the 25 guys who didn't move on, plus 10 from the team series, and five invited contestants. So that's going to be two nights of 40 bull riders, too. Yeah, a couple more nights at Cowtown Coliseum and one more chance to get back in. And, and those five guys that, uh, that make it to the first day of the World Finals at AT&T Stadium, it's a progressive format. So they've got to ride each of their bulls to keep moving on. They ride both their bulls on Saturday. They'll go to Sunday, but they got one shot at it at AT&T and then they're out. Sean, do you know what it's going to, for the guys, um, the, the, the payoff from the elimination rounds, the payoff for the ride from redemption, uh, the PBR has always financially taken really good care of the guys in terms of money that they can make. What are they going to be looking at? Do you have any idea yet? Or have you figured that uh, out? You know, don't quote me on this, but I think that the addition of the rounds and everything that we've done, it's added a couple hundred thousand dollars to the prize purse that the riders can win this year um, at the PBR World Finals. It's gone up uh, pretty much every year. We uh, we love paying our guys a lot of money. They The guys that ride well are going to make a lot of money in, in that eight-day period, nine-day period. You're not going to get a lot of rest from May 9th all the way to about May the 18th. Uh, you got four elimination rounds. You've got the two ride for redemption rounds, uh, the two days of the PBR World Finals, and Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo right in the middle of all that on May 17th. Yeah, the staff's not going to get much rest, but actually the top 20 guys in the world, once they come out of the uh, elimination rounds, are going to get a week off before they have to come back and ride again. And and we also th thought that that was a, a really good addition to the World Finals experience overall so that those guys that get banged up, you know, in five or six or seven rounds back to back to back, have a little time to heal up before they come and put it on the line for a million bucks. Yeah, you know, um, I remember times going and, and watching and and a couple of different opportunities. You allowed me to, to come and do a radio broadcast in the PBR finals. And that was one of the things that happened is, you know, guys, guys took a beating sometimes. And so I hadn't thought about that, but that does. It gives them a chance to heal. 
it gives them a chance to heal up from those early rounds and uh, and go into that that final Saturday and Sunday as healthy as you can be, I guess, when you're a bull rider. Um, but with a week of rest, we think that that's going to put the best in the world on display against the best bulls. And uh, I can't I can't wait for that Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be electric. Yeah, um, I really I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts and and anything you'd like to share about the evolution of May the 17th, the PBR World Finals, prior to the first performance, um, Kid Rock, Rock and Rodeo, you've got Pro Rodeo Hall of Famers as coaches in a unique team format. Um, I've interviewed a couple of the coaches. They're excited about it. I can't imagine with Kid Rock involved, it's not going to be a very loud concert with a rodeo involved as well. <laughs> I mean, this is, tell me about the evolution of that as much as you can. Well, you know, for years we've been approached um, from rodeo athletes and others in the business. And the question has always been, is there something that PBR can do for rodeo contestants, much like we've done for bull riders over the years? And, you know, we've never lifted one finger that has ever been intended to harm the PRCA. We love the PRCA. And uh, and so we we never got involved in the ERAs of the world or anything that's come along. And this one, though, this is different. This is a one-day event. It's a team format event that's based largely on what we've learned about team bull riding and how successful that has been. And uh, so it's a very unique format. Uh, we're in AT&T Stadium for the World Finals, so why not make it the biggest weekend in Western sports? Uh, a couple of the coaches told me that they're actually setting up, maybe they've already done it by now, going to be setting up the arenas just to make sure they can make the – the tie down ropers are going to run at the same time. It's going to be like a drag race, red light, green light, go um, yep. fastest, you know, things like that, 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 that has been done, but it's been a really long time. I remember as a kid watching that on TV, it's been a long time since I was a kid. Um, and I, it's really, I was, one of my questions was going to be, has the success of the team teams concept in the PBR contributed? Do you guys want to try this team thing? Yeah, definitely did. Um, and yes, we are setting up the arena full um, scale model of the arena so that we can uh, test the competition format, um, make sure safety, which is of utmost importance to us, that any safety issues are addressed before we go in, because this may have been done in the past, but it's never been done at AT&T Stadium in an arena that's got a stage in the middle of it for Kid Rock to to rock the house from beginning to end of the night. And, uh, and we've got a lot of other entertainment planned for that evening too, that people will be hearing about, but it's, uh, it's going to be one of the, the most produced and, uh, and entertaining events that we've ever put on. Okay. Here comes Steve's stupid question of the interview, Sean, but why is one thing that I think of when I think of the PBR through the years, um, is the PBR has never stopped moving. You've never stopped moving forward. Innovation is a big part of what you do. You are innovating now by going back to a 116-year-old building that played host to you know, the very first event, the PBR, um, to, to again change and expand and, and work with that format a little bit at your world finals. Innovation is a big part of what you guys do. Yeah, you know, innovation, and we and we think about the competition format a lot. We talk about a lot of those things, and um, you have to change or you're just going to get stagnant. And, you know, there's there's been a lot of that in the Western sports world where 
change has held us back from being able to attract new fans to this lifestyle and to the sport. And, um, you know, but the minute that we moved the world finals to Texas and the minute that we started getting involved in the operation of Cowtown Coliseum, because we've updated that building, it's kept its charm, but we've got new video boards and sound in there. And and we're going to produce about 200 events in that building this year. And so the minute that we got involved with it, I knew that I wanted to take the PBR World Finals performances to that building. And so we're um, for those four performances, we're going to have to leave a lot of fans on the sidelines. We've got a watch party at Tannehill's, one at the John Wayne Museum and one at Cowboy Channel Bar. And so we're going to make sure there's a lot of people that can enjoy it in the district that weekend. But um, we're also on one of the biggest stages in the world for the final four rounds of the PBR world final. So we're going to make sure that that experience in Cowtown is something really, really special. And if I were a PBR fan, I'd want to be there for both weekends. Uh, but certainly don't, uh, don't write off the weekend at Cowtown and think that we're going to a small building because we couldn't sell something bigger because that's not what's going to happen. It's going to be special and unique. There are 2,200 seats in that building roughly. Um, I announced a rodeo in there last weekend on Saturday night, and to be honest, it had been a while since I'd really had a chance to get the full feel of everything inside that building since all of the upgrades have taken place. And um, y'all did a nice job of giving that that old monument to the world of Western sports a pretty nice facelift on the inside. Yeah, it's been fantastic. The events in there are killing it, and uh, people love what we're doing week in and week out, but... Um, take all of that that you saw now, Steve, and then add the rest of our production that we can possibly fit into that building. And it's going to be an experience. And uh, it's just the history that's there. You, you know, when you're sitting in a building that, you know, every one of your bull riding heroes rode in, um, period, without exception, that, uh, that they're looking down on us thinking that this is going to be as special as we do. Yeah. Um, Sean, last, last question. A comment from you, if you might, on the team series. You're getting ready for your third season, right, of the PBR team series. Um, has it done what you hoped it would do? I, I know that you're always looking at ways to change and improve. Has it gone where you wanted it to go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, this year was a significant uh, growth in attendance and television viewership over the first year. And and fans need to figure stuff out for a while. It's it's never as as fast as I want it to be, um, but it was a huge year over year improvement. Um, and this is breaking news, but look next week for an announcement about some expansion teams coming. Um, so the league's already looking to expand. We'll add a couple cities to the tour next year, and um, it's just going to keep getting bigger and better. And it's. It's a phenomenal product. If if people haven't given it a try yet, it's uh it's not it's not the right decision. Don't turn away from it because it's different. Um, come give it trial one time, and you'll realize why it's catching on so big with with a lot of our core fans, but a lot of casual sports fans that have never been before. And it's just because every single ride matters. The guys are into it. The riders love being on these teams, and. Uh, it's just a great product. And if you don't like it, then don't watch from July to October and we'll be back in November. Yeah. Um, so next week, news about an expansion opportunity or two. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Awesome. Sean, I appreciate your time. Um, 
if folks have, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this is the way things are going to look starting somewhere around May 9th. If you have never been in Cowtown Coliseum when a big event, or in Fort Worth in the stockyards, when a big event has taken over Cowtown Coliseum, the whole place changes. And I've got this funny feeling you guys are going to kind of take over and the whole place is going to change. Um, it's Yeah, it, it will. I mean, you know, when the NFR was in, moved to Texas during COVID, the stockyards were just alive. Yeah. And, you know, being, being in that environment with the um, – with all the history that's around you and the, and the care and, and that the city of Fort Worth has taken to, to leave Cowtown and its bones, you know, at the center of everything that you feel when you're in that, in that cobblestone street or that brick street, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a party up and down exchange Avenue and every corner of, uh, of Cowtown Coliseum. And we've also got watch parties set up, like I said, so, you know, Tannehill's will host another thousand people. Flint Rasmussen is going to host that with some special guests. And uh, so it'll be a unique experience for the finals in and of itself. And we're actually selling the tickets as packages one, one night at uh, Tannehill's and one at, at Cowtown. And so we're going to have something for everybody to do and, and people are going to have a good time. PBR.com for all the information. Sean Gleason, uh, the CEO and commissioner of the professional bull riders. I genuinely appreciate your time. I cannot wait to hear where the expansion teams are going to go for the team series next week. Um, Sean, thank you and um, um, continued success. I know that um, this, this few days in Fort Worth at the stockyards and then the big event starting with Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo and then on to the PBR World Finals May 17th through 19th is going to be huge um, at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Thanks for your time, Sam. Thanks a lot, Steve. Always good to see you. Did you hear the one little piece of breaking news that Sean dropped into that interview? They're going to announce a new team or two for the PBR Team Series next week. We'll tell you about that next week here on the Steve Kenyon Podcast when they make that news. By the way, there are going to be more frequent podcasts coming. Uh, we've got a lot of content. I'm doing a lot of interviews, and I want to share all of them with you. So uh, don't be surprised if there's maybe not a two- or three-day uh run of steve kenyon podcast instead of just every thursday starting probably as soon as tomorrow i'll be in yakima washington at the brand new sundome showdown rodeo this weekend if you happen to be in the neighborhood come by and say hi thanks to wrangler to the justin boot company to resist all to preferred m2 ranch jerky along with unbeatable feeds to the grand view at las vegas all of them bringing you the steve kenyon podcast god bless everybody thanks for listening i'm steve kenyon